It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. Wow, it's lonely in here. Yeah. Hi, Jason. How well, you doing? Oh, thanks. <laughs> see what kind of company that's I am. That's right. That's right. How are you doing today? I couldn't be better. Happy Thursday, right? Thursday? Thursday? Thursday. I don't know. I can barely keep track of what's going on. Yeah, hopefully, today's show will be longer than 20 minutes. We made it, <laughs> I heard. We, we made it 20 minutes yesterday. We were on a roll to start the show, and I, I, I think the internet went out in the building. I don't know what happened. I, I can explain it if you want ex- me to explain it. Let's put the camera quick, on so... you right now, in fact. What do you say? Let's put the camera right on you right now. Yeah, well, it is. I'm right here as oh. G. Bush walks in here. But yeah. uh, what happened yesterday was about 1120 WKYC IT team did some internet maintenance, which mm. essentially shuts down the internet, restarts it, boots it up. Sometimes they forget that although we were in WKYC's building, we were on a different wavelength than the rest of the internet. However, when they affect it upstairs, it affects us. Yeah, well, thanks to WKYC for screwing up our show yesterday. So Just nothing we could have done. Glad to see they care about us and are paying attention to what's going on down in the basement. Uh, we're obviously high priority in the uh, in the family. Thanks a lot. Uh, all right, lot to get to today. Let's start with the uh, with the best bet. I I was lucky. Honestly, I've been red hot, but I don't like my picks yesterday. I went one and one. I got very lucky just to win the one game I won. Is the Angels scored three runs in the top of the ninth? Forget it. But I guess that's part of baseball. What are you gonna do? It is what it is. You yeah. went one on one. You are now twenty one and ten on baseball bets, and you're dipping back into the baseball pool today with your Bet Rivers bet of the day. Hey Ohio, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game. Right now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers Sportsbook because if you use deposit code Sports, you receive a second chance bet up to five hundred dollars. Get on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey to help you win big. Check them out at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And, Bull, you're going with an AL East team over an AL Central team, right? Yes, before I do that, let me tell you that uh, yesterday's BetRivers podcast is still relevant today, of course. I interviewed uh, Field Yates of ESPN. We talked about the draft and the impact of the rookies on fantasy football. So if you're into fantasy football at all, which most of you are, make sure you check that out. We talked some real football. I did talk with him about his expectations for Deshaun Watson. I talked with him about his expectations for Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay. So if you want to hear what he had to say about that, check out my podcast. Also, I'm doing a new thing with Bet Rivers. We're doing these 
five-minute preview uh, videos in the mornings where we preview some of the big uh, news of the day and or uh, a bet we're looking at for the day. And today, I did five minutes with Bobby Valentine, former Major League Baseball manager. So check that as, as well. That'll be out at some point uh, today. Uh, as for my bet, one-on-one yesterday, as we said, I really loved the Pirates yesterday, and I crapped the bet on that one. They got smoked. I had the Angels minus You went one. against Shane McClanahan? I did. McClanahan was pitching yesterday. Well, generally, I'd say I know what I'm doing since I'm 21 and 10 <laughs> picking baseball. Good luck finding anybody that's done better than that. Hey, listen. But I, even Francona gets criticized once in a while. That's right. I, it was a bad call. That's I, insane. I felt it because Mitch Keller had been pitching really well. You took the Pirates, Pirates over Shane McClanahan. Pirates is playing well, though. Yep. Uh, today, I'm going with the Orioles in Kansas City, minus a run and a half. Royals actually beat them 6 nothing yesterday. Uh, the Orioles are going with Grayson Rodriguez, who's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. Struggled his first couple of starts, really put it all together his last start. He pitched really well. I expect that to continue against Kansas City today. So there you go. By the way, I go to my physical therapist's office yesterday, and he goes, man, the guys on the show were busting your balls last week about the fact that you're picking baseball all the time. And I said, that's interesting, which, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm up for a good ball busting. But nobody said anything to me directly about my getting my, like, that. this is a secret? Why wasn't I told about this ball busting? Well, it busting? was Jay on the day you weren't here. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like it was behind your back, Jay. No, I know it wasn't behind the back, and, and, but and I, somebody should have told me so I could have responded And to it, it wasn't just the fact that you picked baseball. He, Jay was trying to figure out whether or not because your record is so good, are you yeah. just doing gimme games? First like, of all, like, like I, you, are you betting? Well, I'll defend both. There's no such thing as a gimme First game. First of all, in baseball, there's no gimme game. Number two, okay, every time I'm picking a team that's a significant favorite, I go on the run line. And if the if the odds on the run line are too – like there was some game today, I don't remember which game it was, where I liked one team. But even on the run line, the favorite was minus 145. It was so, the Seattle A's game. How today, do I know? Right. Because I bet on it. Right. But that to me was unfair. Minus, I am only taking minus 120 or lower, and I've taken some underdogs. So every team I've picked, whether they were an outright favorite or on the or on the run line, the best odds they've had are minus 120, which everything's at least minus 105. There's very rarely even money. Right. And I've definitely taken some teams that were plus 110. Even I took one that was plus 150 the other day. So. I've never gone more than minus 120. So I've taken, like, for example, the Orioles are a big favorite over the Royals. However, on the run line, I think the Orioles are only, only like minus 105. So there you go. Well, there it is. That's your explanation. So, so if you hate no bull, you don't hate, don't hate, just yeah. congratulate. That's he's, right. He's just, That's it. Oh, it's my cup. Just keep winning money. I wonder what did happened you, to that. Did you just find that cup? <laughs> I left this here. How long has that been here? I don't know. Months. A couple of weeks. <laughs> so, Jason, literally, I've said this once. I'll say it again. He would literally leave his head somewhere <laughs> if it were not attached. Yeah. I Go ahead. G. Bush and place. Jason. Yeah. Two, most, two people. I, the two of them and my son most likely to leave something where it doesn't belong. Can you imagine Go something ahead. like Amazing Race or something? Yeah. Uh, we'd never make it. Never. Never. <laughs> never get to the car. <laughs> never. Mike, we, we got to lose the car keys. The first anniversary of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is Tuesday. Next week, May the 9th. That's when we debuted last year. And uh, this Tuesday, we'll have our anniversary. It's going to be a huge show. It's going to be a big show. We got Joe Thomas joining us. We're going to give out some end-of-year awards. And we need you guys, everyone out there, I'm talking to you specifically, not that other person, you. We need you to vote and help us in, uh, choose some winners here. The survey, or poll, whatever you want to call it, is pinned on our Twitter page. We put it on the community tab. Uh, Earl, uh, you're upstairs listening right now. Drop it in the YouTube chat as we speak. Please, we have over 600 responses already. 
If you haven't voted, please vote. And on Tuesday, we are handing out the awards. The voting ends tonight at midnight, so you got to do it today. Pinned on our Twitter page, on our community tab, Earl's going to yeah. drop it in the chat. Please vote and help us announce some winners. And we were going to start with the Cavs, yeah. but we got to start with the Browns real quick because they did make a move this morning. Zach Jackson reported the Browns have signed safety Rodney McLeod, McLeod, McLeod. however you want to pronounce it, yeah. from the Colts last year, previously played with Jim Schwartz in Philadelphia. Immediate reactions to the thought. Is he a guy that makes the roster? I've never heard of Rodney McLeod. Have you guys heard of Rodney McLeod? Apparently started most of the season for Indianapolis last year and had a d decent PFF grade. I will say, you have seen a lot of veteran free agents all of a sudden in the last 24 or 48 hours sign one-year deals. The reality is, for the most part, with rare exceptions, that a free agent signing now, there's a reason they're, they're still a free agent. Um, I, I, you know, I watch football all the time. I don't know who Rodney McLeod is. I'm not going to pretend I do. 80.1 overall score last season. That's really 80, good. 85 and every 5.3 in coverage. Um, Zach said he played okay. under Schwartz in Philly. There's the connection. Yeah. Uh, played 15, okay. started 15 games for the Colts last year. I'm not going to pretend to be a Rodney Cl McLeod expert, but obviously I think Jim probably pushed for that, wanted him familiarity with the system, what he wants to do. And uh, the Browns probably did need to add another safety. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's probably their third safety, right? I mean, isn't he most likely who Off else the top he got of my there? head, yeah. We talked yeah. about yesterday, yeah. outside of Delpit and Thornhill, they are very Right, who are the other safeties the on the roster? They still have that. What's his name they drafted a few years ago? I can't think of his name. Well, they cut LeCount. Oh, they cut him. Right, right, right. Is, yeah. is the, uh, so, uh, is the 20, I think he was 27-year-old rookie was his name. I can't even think of any more safeties that they, uh, they have. What is his name? Uh, Bell. Um, Bell is still on the team. Yeah, yeah Bell. Uh, he was 27. He came they from didn't draft any safeties. Did not draft any safeties. So, so you know. yeah, I mean, Rodney McLeod's a veteran. Uh, won the Super Bowl. Uh, you mentioned, Zach mentioned he played for Jim Schwartz. It was in Philadelphia. He's, I mean, the guy's 32. He's going to be 33 years old before the season. So, he's been in the league a long time. Played for the Rams for uh, he was with the Colts again in twenty so he was with the Rams from twenty twelve to twenty fifteen the Eagles from sixteen to twenty one and the Colts in twenty twenty two so he's I mean I don't know he, he's good he's he's uh, he probably does I don't know the grades were still good so we'll he'll, see. he'll be their third safety probably so I looked at the depth chart real quick yeah currently the two backup safeties listed as the Browns second stringers yeah the Anthony Bellas G mentioned. And Bubba Bolden. Never heard of those guys. This guy, I should have heard of Rodney McLeod. Now that I'm like looking at his bio. Our so, director, Steve. Yeah. Not, not director Steve, but EP director Steve's a big Eagles fan. Yeah. And he just texted us, and I'll read this exactly. He, he probably knows McLeod better than any of us. He goes, McLeod was solid in Philly under Schwartz, but he's 32 and totally washed. So, yeah, I don't know. He's total, I don't know he's totally washed when it appears he had a decent year last year. So I would assume, since the the uh, the backup safeties right now are slappies, that he's probably their third safety. This so year. this is I'm kind of dumb for this. I should have thought about this earlier. Yeah. So when you go get guys like this, usually when you know there's new coaches that came in in college, we had like three or four different coaches that came in. Usually, generally speaking, you got a person that may have worked with him somewhere, <coughs> or a kid may have been at another school under him. They bring him along. And basically what they do is they're there to set an example of, okay, 
It's the way hey, you think. this is the way I yeah. want it done. He might not be the greatest at, 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 you know, playing, or he might not be a starter, but he can show them different concepts on, on like, you know, he could pull them up in the room and say, hey, watch this. This is what I want from the safety. Uh, you know, Rodney, show him how to do it. Especially during camp. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. during camp and learning a position. But I would think he probably makes the team. Probably. Right? Yeah. Unless, he's a, unless he just totally can't play at all. Because the, their starting safeties are still, you know, Thornhill and, and uh, Delpit are fairly young players. Yeah. This guy played with him a lot of years. You know, are those two slappies we never heard of that are the backups going to be any better than this guy as a third safety? I doubt it. I met Bubba Bolden at Town Hall this weekend. Fun oh, fact. Did you? Yeah, I didn't know he was technically listed as their backup safety, but. I thought. So how I, did it even come up that you met him? Or he was hanging out with one of my buddies who I saw when I was out there. He's like, oh, by the way, this is uh, Bubba. He plays for the Browns. Oh, okay. Media was like, oh, yeah, no, no idea. No clue. He didn't, didn't reckon it. Not that big. Was either. he on the team last year? Practice squad. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, there's not yeah. that much to say about it. It's it's, it's a depth move that depth piece, depth that piece helps with the coaching. There you last go. last yeah. comment about this, and this comment is brought to us by Lorraine Community College. Your class is your future. College. Register now for summer and fall classes. Learn more today at LorraineCCC.edu to learn more. This is something Jim Schwartz said about McLeod back during their time in Philly. It's a direct quote from a press conference from Schwartz. I'll put my name on Rodney McLeod any day, Schwartz said at a press conference on Tuesday. That guy plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. He's tough. He may not be the biggest guy in the field, but he's a warrior. He's going to do everything he can to make the play. That guy is a winner. So as Jason alluded to, yeah. and this was from their time together in Philly, definitely a Jim Schwartz move, a yep. Jim Schwartz yeah. guy. First line a little awkward, but the, but I get it, and uh, the rest of it uh, makes a lot of sense. So. All, all that walk, and plus he's, he's going to show them tempo too. Because usually when coaches come in and you you know your coach, everybody has their position. There's no positions up for grab. Once again, I think he's trying to spark some some competition and say, look, you know, there were some times we saw last year guys trotting, not giving a whole lot of uh, uh, hustle, not being flying. Because, you know, people call loafs back in the day. Loafs are anything that you change your speed. So if I'm running after a ball carrier and I, I slow it down to 75%, I'm still chasing that's still classified as a loaf. So he's going to show a tempo and how he wants to practice the run, and he'll be more of an example of that. That's why I thought I think he brings up his toughness and hard-nosed character. So, you know, this is just a move to get everybody stirring the pot, say, look, hey, we got somebody that know how I want it done. Um, you guys follow suit. All right, we'll leave it there. So another guy, a depth piece at safety. is The Browns also signed a, a guard yesterday. They did. <laughs> From the Falcons, that's uh, funny. Can't even think of his name, but you know, camp bodies. And he's yeah. a guy. Well, yeah. he's a guy who played a little last year too. There's a decent chance he makes the team. You, you always see a bunch of veterans sign right now. The draft is over, and now teams are like, "Huh, what needs didn't we fill? Let's see if we can find a guy that can compete for a spot." A th the third guard, the third safety, the fourth, the fifth corner. Those are players that are signing now. Uh, most of the players still in free agency are not big names. I think the biggest names I can think of right now. Are what Carson Wentz, Ezekiel Zeke, Elliott, Frank Clark, Frank Clark? Kareem yeah, Bunk. I don't think Al, Al Woods signed yesterday. Remember we were talking about Al Woods a few he weeks signed ago. Yesterday. He signed think, yesterday. I don't think Bobby Wagner signed anywhere. No, yet. Bobby Wagner Seattle. Oh, he yeah. went back to Seattle. Okay. He's cloudy, he's still we're we're going to go course. through the list of remaining free agents tomorrow. Okay. and talk about. Well, we'll who, leave it uh, there. Let's get to the Cavs. Let's switch it up, guys. Kobe Altman wins uh, second. I, I, did we call it a win? No, no. He finishes second for Executive of the Year. First of all, I don't give a rat's ass about executive of the year. I couldn't care less, but it got announced yesterday. Do we care? 
And is it fair that Kobe Altman wins second place for executive of the year? What do we think? Uh, if he's not going to win it this year, he's not going to win it. This was the best chance, obviously, coming off the heels of the Donovan trade. And yep. it's funny that the counterpart to that, rarely do you see the guy who gave up the superstar finish yeah. high in executive of the year. And yeah. Justin Zanuck finished third, although really I think Danny Ainge had his fingerprints all over that trade from Utah's perspective. The funny thing about this, Monty McNair, the Kings made all their big moves the, prior, the year before. Like, this was almost like a lifetime achievement award for Monty McNair for turning the Kings around. Really young GM in McNair. They kind of keep him out of the media eye. Like, he doesn't do a ton of media. Yeah. Uh, wasn't He was, like, not even signed to an extension as of a few months ago. They just extended him. He was in the last year of his deal. But, you know, I mean, the biggest moves that the Sacramento made last year was, I think, you know, dra their draft pick. Then they trade for Malik Monk. And they signed Malik Monk. Oh, that was their, that was their big move. Yeah. You know, their real big move was before in trading right. for Sabonis. Yeah. That's really what helped flip this thing around. But yeah. in terms of the Cavs, you know, it's a regular season award. So he gets, you know, a lot of that is due to the, to the Donovan trade. Uh, but, I mean, only Cavs executive to ever win this, I believe, is Wayne Embry. I think Wayne won it twice, and, and that's it. No, no other Cavs executives have ever won this award. So it's probably, I mean, when they first made the Donovan trade, I thought, well, he's a shoe-in for executive of the year now if they do yeah. anything at all. Um, and, and, but, you know, finish second and... Now the real work begins because now they got to fill out right. the rest of this roster. I mean, this is, I would, man, this is kind of, it's a little bit dangerous, a little bit in my mind. Because um, when you look at it, sometimes, you know, we, we had, you know, Brad was on the other day. And, and sometimes, to me, when we analyze basketball, I think basketball is uh, just like baseball, it's his own call. So <laughs> in baseball, you can you can brush a lot of different things away based on the time of the year you're talking about the team and, and the optimism that you play a bunch of games and you have time left in the season and, and advanced uh, analytics can say, well, he's, his velocity is down. If he can do this, this is, we'll be fine. I think in basketball, there's a thing about that too, and we're kind of living in that. Like Brad says, there's 51 games. There's 50, a 50 win season is a benchmark in this league. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, that's not that's not supposed to be a standard. That's not a standard there. And if you get a guy that wins 50 games, I think JB was... Did JB come in... Um, how, did he come in the coach of the year rankings? Did, did was he anywhere in the, in the top five? I don't think so. I okay, have to step, look. I'll double check. I do yeah, not check because my point is, if you get Kobe Altman, that's in the top five right here, number two. It, it justifies a lot of things in your mind. You'll say, "Well, how far we, were we off?" I was. I came in second in, in executive of the year, so I have to be right. I was doing something right, but you don't. You may not necessarily because of that go into the offseason and have a sense of urgency into improving this roster and doing what you need to do um, very quickly now. Vickers Steph finished fourth in uh, coaching the year. So if you guys, yeah. so if you say we got a top top five GM 
top five coach. Um, we won 50 games. Yeah. Home court advantage, four seed in the East, which is a juggernaut. All those things point to yeah. we're great. We're yeah. good. We're I don't care about any of those things. I don't care that they won 50 games. I don't. Doesn't matter to me. All that matters is all that matters is win a championship. You either are a team that can win a championship or you can't. Right now they're a team that can't, and that's all that matters. I don't care how many regular season games you win. Kobe Altman's not a top five GM. We all know that. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff is not a top five coach. We all know that. These awards are so stupid. Jason, you you brought up a point there about this lifetime achievement. This To me, this happens in basketball more than any other sport. I heard your guy Dave McMenamin on, I can't remember what show he was on. I was flicking through the, the stations, and he was on, maybe it was NBA radio. I don't remember. But he was being interviewed by somebody, and they were talking about the MVP, and Dave said that he voted for Giannis, but that he thought Embiid would win it because, like, it's his time. Yeah. They always do that in the NBA. That's stupid. Every Anybody that votes for somebody because they think it's his time should lose their vote. That's embarrassing. All the voters, and you may be one of them, should be embarrassed if you do that. No offense. I don't do. I don't vote anymore. Okay. You can't. That's ridiculous. It's the MVP should be the best player. I don't care if it's LeBron 32 years in a row. I don't care if it's Shohei Otani winning the MVP every year for the rest of his career. The best player should win. It shouldn't be about well, this guy's already won a few times, so, or this guy's finished second a few times, and we got to vote him first. So now. let's that's just so let's just spread the good wealth. Let's yeah, just that's dumb. let everybody get an opportunity exactly. to have their day. Kobe in the sun. Bryant won one MVP, right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. How many did Shaq win? <laughs> How many, one? I, I don't know how many Shaq. I mean, this, I don't know. I mean, I mean, LeBron only won four. I thought he should win more than four. Right, he's been the best player in the NBA. Well, not anymore, but he was for more than four years. I voted for him. He, he, th- all three of the four years he was here, I voted for him to win. Yeah, MVP. he should have. He didn't win any of them. He yeah. If you go, to, if you go to the finals nine, what was it? Nine times in a row. Eight. Yeah. Eight, eight times in a row. Eight in a row. Yeah. Hey, listen. No, you're the MVP. I'm sorry. I don't care what you're talking about. You are the MVP. I just think sometimes in basketball, there's this level of, I don't know, it's this gentleman's like, you know, nod of, okay, well, we're going to just do this because it's protocol. For me, I've come to the conclusion and it really hit me in my face. I was watching the Warriors and I was watching the Lakers, right? Mm -hmm. And I was watching those two teams play and it hit me in the face that those teams with those players are on a different level. Like those veterans... Like, uh, you know, LeBron and who, who the guys and Steph Curry, those guys are on a completely different level. To be truthful, when you watch them, the Cavs would have had no shot at beating them, mm. even if they're an eight seed. They have no shot at beating the Warriors, even if they're like a six seed. Yeah. And that is because they look, the offense is clockwork, the clutch shooting is there, the rebound, the coaches don't have to look over and motivate, do none of that stuff. And when I look at the Kings, I say, okay, that was a nice story, but you couldn't beat the you couldn't I beat couldn't. Hey, They played a great series, but in but the end they couldn't win. Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, by the way, one other quick thing before we get back to the Cavs here real quick is that when you look at uh, last night, I mean, you knew the Sixers were gonna get crushed, didn't you? you oh, you knew yeah. they were gonna get oh, crushed. Yeah. Why did Embiid play? What was the point of playing him? Is it to get his feet wet before you go back home? I mean, you think, like, why not sit him until you lose a game? I, I tend to, I, I would have probably sat him last night because yeah. you got one. Like, yeah. you, you went on the road and you right. got one. You're coming home 1-1. Right. And every team's going to say, that's not enough. We want more. Okay, fine. But coming home 1-1 is, is yeah. good enough. Celtics were never losing two games at home. Watch how little LeBron plays tonight. Watch how little effort he gives tonight. Right. Because we Laker, already got one. They got one. Yeah. They're good. 
rest tonight and come home one one and get ready to go. So yeah. I tend to agree. I I, I would have sat Embiid, come home one one, and now he's ready to go. Hopefully. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's go to. The, go ahead, Mike. Did you want to say something, or you no, want to start the second you're, you're Cavs perfect. topic? Doing good. Yep. All right. The second Cavs topic. Uh, oh, Dylan Brooks. That's right. So this has been a fascinating thing. Today comes <laughs> out in Vegas that the Cavs are the favorites to sign Dylan Brooks. Now. Yesterday, we were talking about this. Well, go, go ahead, Jason. We'll save you for last because we had started this conversation yesterday. So, go give me your take first there, G, on Dylan Brooks to the Cavs. So, I, I've been doing some thinking, and I actually like, was like, let me get, let me get serious on this take because you have hardly, okay, you Dylan Brooks, yes or no, right? But for me, I started to look at it like this. Here's what, what I can't do. This happens a lot in sports. You'll see what your sample size is, right? And you'll see what you do in the playoffs. So, so the Cavs played in the playoffs. We all know what happened. It was disgusting. Uh, it was a red hot topic. Then a couple weeks later, the sting goes off. And then all of a sudden, now you could just, you know, evaluate what's going on or whatever case may be. So now this is usually the era where patience just comes in. And sometimes when you got the, the people saying, okay, let's just be patient as is. Let's do it. My thing is, I, I know what I saw, right? And I know that I saw that you need some more toughness. I need, I know you saw you need some more oomph, some more nasty, some more fight, some more dog, whatever the, that case may be. And if I can get that, I can look at my team and say, I could do both things at once. Now, people will say, you don't need him because he's not a shooter. Well, okay, well, here's the thing. You got five or six non-shooters. Just replace those non-shooters. You got Jetty, can't shoot. You got a Coral, can't shoot. You got Stevenson, can't shoot. You got Dean Wade, supposed to be able to shoot, but I ain't seen it. So you got all the Karis LeVert, uh. So now I'm saying, well, look, if you want to take Lamar Stevens out and, and swap him in, that's a move you can make. It does not have to be all or nothing. Mm. You, it doesn't have to be we can't get him because we we can't we don't have enough money or we don't have the assets to get him. No, you can get him and you can replace some of these non-shooters. Who the hell is Sam Merrill, by the way? I have no clue. Did you just make that name up? <laughs> no. No, no clue. He Merrill exists. Lynch. He exists. He's he exists. a okay. G League two-way guy on the Cavs, a shooter. A G- oh, G About League. A 6'4 I think he said something else. Shoot. I'm not going to say what you I thought you said. It, so he made the roster? He's on he, was on, he was on the podcast. Oh, okay. hell. Well, Let me tell you something. Hell no. Nah. So here's the thing with Dylan Brooks. I get what you're saying. The Cavs do need a guy of his ilk because they're a soft team. He plays defense. He's a badass. I don't care that he plays dirty, which he does. However, we live in the reality of a salary cap in the NBA, and the Cavs do need multiple shooters, and Dylan Brooks can't shoot. He's not a good outside shooter. So if, we, if there was no such thing as a salary cap, and the Cavs could just go sign five guys without having to worry about the salary, then I'd say, yes, sign him and then sign three shooters as well. But you can't do that. They don't have the money to sign all these guys unless they you have these highly paid players. Unless you go to the unless you go over the luxury. Well, but they would have to go way over. And right now, when they just lost in in five games to the Knicks, I don't see them going over the luxury tax right now. I don't, I'm confused. I don't I didn't know Dan Gilbert did not make four or five more billion dollars in the recession. He did. And he <laughs> and and he <laughs> should he, yes, he's printing money, and they should all go over it, and they should all spend whatever they want. But, like, I want the Guardians to have 170 million payroll, but I know, and, and it, they could afford it. They're going to pretend they can't, and some of them are going to defend them, but I know it's not going to happen, and I know that Dan Gilbert is not going way over the cap. Plus, there's a limit to, there's a limit to it that you can't just do whatever you want. So, when they, when they need, sh- as much as they do need toughness, they need shooting more. 
So that's why I wouldn't do it. Without getting into the weeds of the yeah. salary cap. Give me the weeds. They only have certain vehicles to add players, G. So it, it's not just willy-nilly, well, let's go into the tax now because they have about a $12 million exception, mid-level exception that they can use. And that's really it. Like, they don't have that many other avenues because of the structure of the salary cap. And they have to re-sign Karis LeVert because they don't get that money back if they don't. It's not like they can yeah. take that money they and go elsewhere. elsewhere. They, it, it, I mean, Karis LeVert, I know this is a Dylan Brooks conversation. Karis LeVert has all the leverage here. This is sort of like where Tristan had them a right. couple years ago, where Tristan held out and they vastly overpaid for him right. because they had no choice. They're right. kind of in that same boat with it's LeVert. It's him or nothing. You can't replace him. Right. You, you yeah. can't take that money and That's go elsewhere. That's a spot to be in. Yeah. So, Karis has, so you may see Karis get a little bit more than he's probably worth just because they have no choice. Yeah. And the whole luxury tax conversation is a whole separate beast because it's not about paying the tax this year. And I'm with the Cavs on this. It's about starting the repeat offender clock when the taxes become even more punitive. The league is really cracking down on the biggest spenders because they're trying to rein them back in. And the worst thing you could do is start paying tax money now that's going to screw you a couple years from now when you have to pay Evan Mobley and some of these other really con big contracts really balloon. So they have to be careful not to go into the tax now. I, Part of me agrees with that. I was talking to another team uh, a few days ago who's like, hey, man, you can't worry about that. You got Donovan Mitchell on this team now. You got to go into the tax now. Mm -hmm. So there's two, there's two schools of thought here to look at this. But the Dylan Brooks conversation, I don't want Dylan Brooks. Bull, you said it. He can't shoot. They need shooting, shooting, shooting. And we just said there's a finite budget that they can spend right now, $12 million exception. I would look at Austin Reeves, restricted free agent from the Lakers, a guy who can shoot. How much does L.A. really want to pay him? He's going to go get every last dollar because this is his one chance to cash in. Mm -hmm. I really like Austin Reeves' game. He was game. pretty good this year. He's, he's still going. He's a key piece to the Lakers. I like him. Restricted free agent. I would look long and hard at something like that before. I don't understand the Dylan Brooks conversation. He brings the level of nasty that they need, yeah. and you could find it. I said it on the show. Before he punched Donovan and before he really lost his mind this year, I liked I liked Dylan. Is is that guy who's got an edge to him? Yeah. He can defend. But they've got that guy in Isaac Okoro. They don't need more non-shooters on this team. Like you got to find guys who can shoot, shoot, shoot. I've said it all postseason: shooting, 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 shooting. It's got to be the number one priority for this team. This this summer is finding guys who can shoot. Dylan Brooks does not fit so, that. I would not. I would not pursue that. So Reeves would be your top priority as of now. Yeah. Is I, that a realistic option? I mean, he's restricted. So you know how the Lakers can match whatever you give them. But do you and think how the Cavs would be, to are, are going to be interested? And he would be interested. I mean, I would be interested in him. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to anyone over there about him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they will be or not. But that's where of of the names that are out there, that's one place I would start. This is a he could play too. By the way, yeah, he you, can you play. look at Austin Reeves, and if you don't watch the Lakers a lot, he gets that generic. White I have him on my fantasy team. That's the reason very, I know. The dude could ball. He can, like, yeah. He's a legit playoff caliber wing guy. Mikey, I'd argue he's their number three behind LeBron and AD. It's, yeah, oh, it's I, Austin Reeves. Yeah. Better than D'Angelo Russell? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Russell's a absolutely. space case. Mm. Let me tell you this. We, had this. we had this conversation, and we had a topic a couple of months ago. Um, whose roster would you like better? And then, like the next five years or something. Yeah. Um. And you and I think that most people would it was between the Cavs and the Browns because they had you know you know Donovan Mitchell and they had the young guy sign. But I I'm, I go back to this. Well, I take the Guardians over both of them. Now now when I look at it, Jason, you tell me, this looks an awful lot <laughs> like the team 
that like was in 2018. You, you had LeBron. LeBron wanted them to to get it to trade that number eight pick that they had from the Nets, which, which became Colin Sexton. Um, and they wouldn't do it because they thought that was the backup plan for LeBron leaving. Obviously, there is no backup plan for LeBron leaving. You just you go back to the drawing board and you restart. But if you look at this this uh, team and just rationally looking, they don't have cap space. They don't have any draft picks. They have 14 million to spend on someone who we've yet to identify because of the fact that it is so restricted. And on top of that, you have a roster where you don't know whether or not two bigs can play. You don't know whether the two guards is going to be able to coincide. And you're in the Eastern Conference where people have multiple superstars. So, and you, the only players you could trade that have value. Are the three guys you don't want to trade? Yeah, you know, so, Allen to me doesn't have a lot of. Value. And so how seems like him more than you think. Yeah, well, yeah. There, well is, there is some value there. So how do you know? My thing is, we talk about every day. All right, the Cavs just need to get better. Cavs need. To me, the only way this team gets better is if Evan Mobley becomes, I don't know, Chris Bosh tomorrow, and then it makes a little more sense. But if he still is on this progression, I don't see how they become good enough within the next year that they are title contenders as is. Do you? Well, it's it's impossible to say because, I mean, look, if they get past the Knicks, and I understand that's a big if, they got blasted in five games. But the East is a wide open path now to the conference finals, at least, in Boston. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think I wrote a column tongue, a little tongue-in-cheek, a little serious when they traded for Donovan that all three Cleveland teams could win a championship in 2024. And it sounds ludicrous, and I got roasted for it. And I'm like, well, I was kind of being sarcastic, but kind of not. You know, another year of growth out of, out of Mobley and another year of growth out of Garland. And, yeah, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that the Cavs could be in the conference finals next year. And once you reach that point, you know, it, then it, it comes down to but, – But do you think – because it's – I agree with G that I think for that to happen, Mobley probably has to he take has to a take bigger a step, huge step And going into year three, yeah. th- that's not unreasonable. Right. Right, I, right, I right. think that is – I mean, look at how and, – and I've used the Bosch comparison and, yeah. and the two names that kept coming up in terms of Mobley, in terms of long-term – because there's always comps. You're always comparing guys, especially in the NBA. This guy's yeah. this guy. This guy looks like this guy. Bosch and Anthony Davis were the two that I've yeah. heard more than any others. And, and Bosch, I think, because the left-handed thing, and he would really have to develop more of a three-point shot, and he really hasn't done that yet. But if you look at AD and the way AD's dominated, I mean, AD, I think, is going to have a monster series against the Warriors because they don't have anyone who can match him. And I, and I could see, you know, the defensive side is there between AD and, and Mobley, and I could see that. I could see him taking that leap. I absolutely think Evan Mobley is going to be significantly better next year than he was. I right. hope he comes back 15 pounds stronger, 20 pounds stronger yeah. than what he is now. So, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that he's right. going to take – If he I takes don't know a if big jump – then even if they don't make a, you know, and, and they had, if they added an Austin Reeves, let's say, yeah. and then Mobley makes this really big jump, Darius Garland from year two to year three made a big jump, right? right? If that happens, yeah, we'll be looking different. The Cavs will be a very good And, and I don't think that's unreasonable. Now, I don't know that, and we've said this on the show, I don't know that Mobley's going to go from shooting 21% to 35% for, in one offseason. Right. Right. I don't know that that's realistic. Bosch year three, Bosch year three, just for, just for reference, Bosch year three. In Toronto. In Toronto. 22 and a half points, nine and a half, nine point two rebounds. So 22. He's about, already there. What about his shooting percentage? Like, did well, that go up big from year two to year three? Well, Mobley only averaged 14 this year. But his yeah. three point percentage. What was Bosch's three point percentage? That, that was probably yeah. significantly better. Yeah. 
and, and that's the point that I don't know if that piece will ever come to his game. Now, the other part of that is this idea about playing Jarrett and Evan together. I don't, I don't know you if they may move Jarrett this offseason. I don't think they're going to no. And I, I don't, I said before, I would not move Jarrett based off because he had a bad series against the Knicks. I think that's emotional and reactionary. Yeah. But I think you do need to take a step back and go, how do we get better? What pieces do we have? And is this tenable to play these two guys together? Not so much in the regular season, but in the postseason. Right, Can right. we have success playing this way? Yeah. And we talk about Evan taking that leap, and maybe it's a thing where Jarrett comes off the bench in a postseason series or, or something like that because I just think – this team will be at its best when Mobley is at center and four shooters are around him. Right, now, right. can they get to that point? I don't know. We'll we'll see. To me, oh by the way, KG KG eighteen and a half points, nine point six rebounds. So basically, nineteen and ten his third year, doing some reasonable comps. Yeah. You know, so I, I look at it like this. You know, Jared Allen. Um, to me, that's their only trade piece, and I don't know how willing they will be, given the fact that they feel like he's really good in the locker room. He's a really good teammate. He's a really nice guy, really good guy. I, I don't think that they're going to be amped to really get rid of this guy. Yeah. However, I just want to – the backdrop is this. It's that huge clock. The clock is saying, <laughs> listen, Donovan Mitchell ain't here forever. Yeah. Like, when you – and this is just what it is. They got to understand this is Deshaun Watson rules. When you went and got Deshaun Watson, now you, want, now you, you told us – what type of time you want? You talk about I'm winning the championship. Now, if you're going to give three first round picks to, to Donovan Mitchell to get him here, you got to do everything, even if it's uncomfortable, to make sure that you could be at a certain yeah. place at, at the end of this year. And I, I will, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be anxious to see if they're willing to do that. All right, let's leave that there. Mike, what do you got? We'll put Final a cap on the there. Dylan Brooks conversation with the poll we put up in the YouTube chat whenever I tell you what the YouTube chat or the internet is saying. It's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We had over 230 votes in this poll. 77% says no. They would not want to see Dylan Brooks in a Cavaliers uniform next season. Mm. And and one more thing on this real quick. Like this whole idea that the Grizzlies are trashing Brooks because of Shams's tweet, I think is really misguided here. Like that tweet was out of pocket in my opinion. I I, I don't think pocket. it was. I think like Shams tweeted the Grizzlies have informed Dylan Brooks that he won't be back under any circumstances. Right. Now maybe and there's no quotes in – well, there is quote on that one under any circumstances. But in Shams' original quote, he didn't have that. In, 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 so in, what's the complaint here? That, that, that Grizzlies the Grizzlies are, are doing him dirty and they're making him like the scapegoat and the fall guy. I, listen, I know Shams obviously fairly well. We work together. I have not spoken to him about this at all. But the, the assumption is that the Grizzlies are the ones that told Shams that. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think just from being in that field – I think Memphis was trying to do right by him and telling him, we appreciate what you've done. You're not coming back, though. You know, we're going to yeah. go – we're going another way. Like, it's over. What's the big deal about that tweet? And Why now suddenly it's deal? turned into and, – and I think – and again, I, I could be totally wrong and, and yeah. the majority could be right on this. But I just read it as Memphis telling him, you're going to have to look elsewhere. Yeah. This is over. Shams could, very well could have got that from Memphis's people. 
So why, or, or I'm sorry, from from Dylan's representatives yeah, right. that he's well, leaving. What are people so complaining why, why about? It's the original tweet, I guess. That I'll pull it up. Hold on. The original tweet is what everyone is upset about because Sham said under no circumstances, you know, that he are, he he's not going to be back on, under no circumstances. Yeah. So they're saying that like Memphis is doing Dylan dirty, which I mean I, Dylan. Oh, so nobody's mad at Shams. They're mad at the at Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yeah. But who cares? But, are they doing him dirty? I don't understand. I, I, if they're, they're letting him go, they're letting him go. What's the difference? The, the complaint is that, and Mike, Mike yeah. apparently is in that group, so he Mike's can explain it. I'll, I'll explain it. But but that like they're making him the scapegoat and the fall guy for what went wrong. And and Dylan said a lot of stupid things, hey, like listen. the stuff about LeBron was stupid. So there's the original tweet. Yeah, Brooks will not be brought brought back under any circumstances. League sources say. Okay. Now, Mike, why is that so bad? Yeah. Okay, I don't think it's like the most terrible thing a team could do, but. Under no circumstances, to me, when I read that, you're looking at it as, okay, we need a 12-man roster. There's only 11 guys. Under no circumstance <laughs> will you ever be brought. We'll rather so start what? the game with a technical Who than cares? bring Dylan Brooks back in. Who cares? I just think What's it's – difference? Let me, let me tell a, you something. One sec, one sec. For a guy who played, has played his entire career in Memphis, yeah. has been a contributor to that team. He's also had some bonehead moments, and yeah. you could blame whatever you want on him. I don't think it's all his fault. The wording of under no circumstances, whether it could be, it could be taken in so many different directions. Oh I just God. think you could have done the tweet without saying that. Poor but that's my, that's my guy's tweet. That isn't Memphis. I mean, There's no quote marks. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like, that's just the wording. That's the language it's, it's that Sean's funny. used. It's but who's, why are people, is Dylan Brooks upset about this? You haven't heard from him. He well, won't talk. Off, you know, then why does anybody give a shit internet. if he's not upset? Well, I think it's more funny than anything else. Like, under both. Yeah. We will never host the show again under no circumstances. Like, if G. Bush Jason died in a car crash, I love you guys. Oh if Earl, <laughs> if Earl had dark. diarrhea, if yeah. Anthony was on vacation, and we yeah. had to do the show with just me back here, under that's no a, circumstances I, would I ever let you host the show. that's a silly extreme I, I, situation. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's silly. It's stupid. It's just But it here's the point. The like, this is what irritates me. I'm really – I got to say I'm so irritated by the NBA right now because – Forget, forget D Wade. He sucks. He's not a big part of the future. We don't give a shit about him. Let's let's move on from that because I got to scream and yell about this. Okay, like I am, I am, hundred percent pro union guy. All right, almost everybody in my family for three generations is teachers. The teachers union in New York is one of the best unions in America. I love unions. I'm pro union. I hate the fact that half this country tries to break unions. It's awful. Okay. I'm pro player. I have talked about the billionaires, how much I hate most billionaires, how much I hate the owners, okay? And it's even annoying that I have to qualify all this before I say what I'm going to say. The NBA players, by and large, are soft as F, okay? They are coddled. They are, they, many of them are spoiled brats. They, the league is out of control, in my opinion, that the players do whatever the hell they want and any criticism, it's the end of the freaking world. They, half the players can't take it. What? What is this? Not the players go wherever they want, whenever they want, even when they're not. It's irrelevant if they're free agents. It's irrelevant if they when they're free agents. Who gives a shit? They can do whatever the hell they want. They never. A lot of not all the players. A lot of players don't honor contracts. They want to be traded every ten seconds. Then they're unhappy again. They want to be traded. That's mostly Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant who want to be traded every ten seconds. And I'm so sick of this. The NFL players, the NFL is the best sport in America, all right? The most popular sport in America by miles. 
The players get screwed all the time in the NFL. And they need to fight harder for their own rights. They don't have enough power, the NFL players. And yet most of them are not whining like a bunch of babies like the NBA where the players have all the power. Adam Silver is gutless. He looks like a penis. Let's be honest. No offense to Adam Silver. He looks like a giant penis or a really skinny penis. He does. His head looks like the head of a penis. And that's why and the, the whole league is ridiculous. The regular season is meaningful, is meaningless. It's a complete fraud. You're all being conned into paying attention to the games. Uh, okay. Anyone uh, want to disagree or argue the, with anything uh, I say? The, 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 the views of the Adam the Bull. Bull do not necessarily reflect <laughs> on Jason Lloyd, who once upon a time wrote for the NBA, but yeah. probably will not be writing anytime soon. <laughs> thanks to that rant. Anybody want to argue? I didn't write for the I NBA. hate the term yeah. triggered. Don't use that term. That, that triggers out. me. If you Shout trigger, out to Mr. Silver. All players are soft in every sport. You can't criticize any of them. They all go crazy. Oh my God. But the NBA players are the worst. NBA has more power. The NFL players, man, like, I don't but, know, but I'll tell you this, like, and the NBA players will come back to you or, or any, we'll use NBA because that's you're right. In general, use. all athletes are that, oversensitive that the teams can trade me at any moment. They can cut me at any moment. So why can't I have any say or power in this either? The, in the NBA, yes, they can trade you at any moment, but they can't, you still get paid if they cut you. Yes. But I'm saying you're saying like guys ask for trades and force their way out. Well, you could be content and perfectly happy and love a city and right. they can uproot your life and trade you anyway. It's the same thing. Sure. But when you do it multiple times, like you're never like, I'm happy for one year and now I'm on it. It's like, it's. And that's why I blame the teams. The big picture? That's like, why I blame the teams that would yeah. sign Kyrie. You know what you, that's why I killed Matt Dallas for making that trade. I'm like, yeah. what are you, what are you so doing? Dumb. They didn't you make know. The they didn't make the play in. You know how this is going to end. And it didn't even turned quicker than I thought that it would. Like I thought he'd at least behave for the rest of the year. Can't even get that far. All right. Yeah, they they're just, right now they're looking for any reason to say or figure out why the Memphis Grizzlies lost to LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah. We knew what was going to happen. It was what it was. Memphis, not that long ago, was like the darling franchise yeah. that everyone the pl- the plucky up and coming team everyone loved. Everyone loved Ja, and like look at Memphis. This is so much fun. And now yeah. they're like despised with some of the stuff with yeah. that Ja's gotten into and. And now the Dylan Brooks stupid comments that he made in the playoffs. Yeah, it's. I mean, calling out LeBron like how stupid can you be? That, that Ja Rule. How stupid can you be? Ja Morant had the same trajectory as Ja Rule. Everybody loved Ja Rule. Mm. He had nice sing-along, singy songs. What would I be without you? Guess what? Fifty Cent came out and was like, Ja Rule, who? Like Ja Morant, you was you had all the money in the world, and then you uh, joined the Rolling Sixties or some sort of gang. I don't know. What, why would you so, join the Crips of the Bloods? You're rich now. Right? We are going to save our Dean Wade conversation for another day. Yeah. You and really had a Dean to, Wade topic. Do you not look at the rundown, G? <laughs> you pay attention during the call. The, 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 no. the Dean Wade. We talked Wade. about it three times, and I think it is a conversation to be had. We're going to save it though because we have to do a little time traveling and bull. Yes. I want you to set this up for the people. Okay, so yesterday we were we had a big plan to analyze. See, dr- giving draft grades, as I said yesterday, for the current draft is stupid because we have no idea if any of these guys can play, and we're all biased towards our own team. Every Most Browns fans think the Browns did a great draft, and, and same thing a for plus. every other team, right? Every, it's all great. But when we look at past drafts, we actually have a clue as to how the team did. So on yesterday's show... G, Tyvis, and I were planning to flash back to 2020 and 
now that we know, now that we have three years of actual data, give grades on all the players that the Browns drafted in 2020 and give them an overall grade for their draft. Well, as we started this segment yesterday, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, if you weren't with us today, everything went kaplooey. WKYC and Tegna decided we're not that important, so they shut off the power. Uh, They rebooted everything when we were on, and we couldn't get back on the air due to technical difficulties. So here we are uh, a day later, and we we had a great conversation about it, which we recorded yesterday, but you couldn't see it. So now we are going to go back in time to yesterday and talk about this conversation that we were going to have as here we are, and then when we're done, Jason will get his take on what we said, and we'll comment on that. But let's flash back 24, no, 23 hours, 30 minutes ago, and go see the sexiest man in all of sports TV. There he is, Adam the Bull. I got to point that way. Here he is. Let's go see what he has to say, along with the rest of the guys. Here we I, are. I got to pee. <laughs> Thank you, Adam the Bull. And do I, I must say, you are looking very sexy today. I gotta, <laughs> Thank you. I got to say I'm impressed with that. <laughs> Uh, G. Bush Thomas. Uh, what did he say? I don't know what's going on. Uh, let's talk about this. The you know people love dra- draft grades, right? And I personally think it's stupid to give a, a grade on a draft that just happened because we have no idea. Right. But we can pretty accurately draft a grade that happened three years ago, yes, and that's we what we're going to do, guys. The 2020 Browns draft. How did they do? We're going to talk about it first. Let's go to Mikey. Whenever we talk <laughs> Browns, it is brought to us by our dear, dear friends at Lincoln Electric. They are hiring for all jobs. They are phenomenal in the electrical and manufacturing field. Check them out at Lincoln Electric. Now, we did draft grades for the 2023 draft we earlier did. this week. And as you mentioned, yeah. Bull, it's impossible to really grade. You're just basing on value, yeah. positional You're needs, guessing. and that stuff. But yeah. it's a guess. Yeah. Three years out, you can actually grade the picks on production, how they did, and how they've become – NFL Pro. So that's what we're going to do today with Andrew Berry's first draft in Cleveland, the 2020 class for the Browns. We're going to go through their picks. They had one day one pick in the 2020 draft. Steve, you can take the graphic. It was offensive tackle Jedrick Wills, who just had his fifth year option picked up. They had a couple day two picks. At number 44, they took Grant Delpit. At 88, they took Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle from Missouri. And at number 97, they took Jacob Phillips, a linebacker out of LSU. And for the day three picks, they took Harrison Bryant, a tight end from Washington. Nick Harris, an interior offensive lineman, plays some center, plays some guard. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, the sixth-round pick out of Michigan, has been a very productive receiver. So we'll go down the list. Yeah. We'll start at the top, make our way down, grade him as we go, and let's start with Jedrick Wills. Yeah, before you do that, guys, obviously if you were watching our, like, 15, 20-minute show yesterday, you know that we started to talk about this. We had technical difficulties, and so the show – Really, that didn't happen yesterday, and we 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 did start this by saying that when you look at it three years later, it's it's not bad, yeah, right? It's, it's not as bad as you maybe some pro- thought. It's some productive people on there, and there was some progression from yeah. some of those guys this year, and some regression guys. We started to talk about Jedrick Wills, so yeah. let's get back to it, Tyus. You got him with? I got him with a C minus. Yeah. Um, obviously, his career has been up and down. He has some highs, he has some lows, but it's just it's something that's not concrete. You know, when you look at him. He doesn't come off to you as a guy that is he the left tackle for the future of this team. The answer is, I don't think so. So therefore, I can't really give him anything higher than that. I think that he, they picked up his fifth year option, you know, just to give themselves some security. But obviously, with the picks that they've been given, I think they're they're trying to move on from him. So C minus is the grade for me. 
Um, I, you know, in my heart of hearts, I, I feel like I'm a C minus type dude too. But <laughs> I, when I look at, because he gets sometimes I watch and I get angry a little bit when he just stops yeah. and gives up on plays. I'll give him a C. I think the problem for me is he's regressed a little bit in certain areas. Like, um, I, I, when you're a right tackle, I expect you to be a little more nastier. I thought he was more of a role grader, played with more of attitude at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now you get to to you get here, you're the left tackle. You know, we've talked to Joe Thomas. We've talked to a lot of other people. And sometimes he just looks like he just gives up on plays. Yep. Now, I can deal with, you know, things of technique. I can deal with pad level. I can deal with whether you're you getting a good pass set or you're getting beat on outside or inside moves. You can work on those things. But one thing you can't work on is somebody's mentality. And to have a good mentality to be a left tackle, you have to understand, like, that is still the, 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 the position up front with the most cachet. Mm-hmm. That's the most important position. You're going against top-notch rushers all the time, and that's the big money position. Sometimes I don't see that level of flyer or that fire from Jedrick Wills. And can he get there? I think his ceiling is a little bit, bit above average. I think that's just what his ceiling. He doesn't have some of the tools that a Joe Thomas or some of these other guys have. Mm-hmm. He can still be a productive pro. I just don't think he's ever going to live up to the 10th pick. Uh, I think much of what you guys have said is fair. There's nothing I really disagree with. I gave him a C as well. You talk about the inconsistency in play. Yep. First of all, he's being graded on a different scale. You know, a guy who's an equal talent or a, an equal guy of accomplishment that's drafted in the fourth round, the sixth round, are going to be graded a little higher because yeah. you have higher expectations. For a first-round pick, when I draft a guy in the first round, I'm expecting him to, at the very least, be a rock-solid quality starter. Yep. Minimum. That's yep. the minimum of what I expect from my first-round pick, and he's not that. Now, the one thing I'll say in in his defense is you talked about them picking up his fifth-year option. And I think there's some thought, like, was it the right idea or not? I think in the end, I'm okay with them picking up his option. I think you guys are. And only 12 of the 32 players from that draft had their their, their 50-year option picked up. So 20 teams, their guy is not even good enough to be a C. (laughs) So, okay, if you factor that in, I think also maybe we're a little harder on him than most guys the Browns draft. Because he's replacing the guy, the best player the Browns have had in 20 years yeah. or 30 years or whatever. Or one of the best players they've ever had. Ever had, in period. Like, yeah. period. Right. And so that, however, the things you say are true. Yeah. The bad plays are standout bad. There are times where it feels like he, that, that, we, we've talked about it with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's so freakishly talented that it's not really a factor. But we've talked about, is that nastiness there? Like, even I got, this may be totally unfair. You guys tell me what you think. But that picture of him in the freezing cold, wearing the head condom, (laughs) I'm like, most offensive linemen are not wearing that head condom. (laughs) No, that's fair. Because he he wears sleeves, too, and I swear offensive linemen don't wear sleeves. And and, and he made a comment, and I try not to do this. Oh, I hate this. I hate this because I don't want to sound like that guy. Yeah. There was a time where he was like, he was upset because people were booing. Yeah, that's and I was that's like, soft. Uh, I was like, as an offense or a defensive lineman, the it, the question is really? when you say that it's like, <laughs> yeah, like it it it, it looks like <laughs> he, it, it's a little bit of cowardly line in that. Yeah. I mean, 
it's, it's just, it kind of looks like the cowardly lion. Is it that bad? No. It's, no, but it's but just. I, but like when you think of offensive alignment, you think of some of the toughest dudes. Right. Like, so the only the only offensive alignment that to me gets away with wearing sleeves is Trent Williams. That's because it. he wears sleeves when it's hot too. It, yeah. Well, Trent, but, and Trent Williams is freaking awesome. Exactly. He he outside, outside of him, yeah. I swear offensive alignment don't wear yeah, sleeves. Right. No, they don't wear those sleeves and you can't. And offensive alignment's comments. We 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 say look we blue collar defense alignment I boo us too yeah we, right we be out here exactly. losing I boo us too but but I will say this I they picked it up I like it because he's been injured Conklin's been injured right and so he, he might not even make it through the whole season so yeah. they hedging their bet on bodies so right I, I I like that and maybe <laughs> if he's finally healthy this year. He moves up into that B category, and then you're happy you picked it up. Yeah, and yeah, if it yeah. doesn't, okay, you waste money on him for one year. Right. Does Go this ahead, Mikey. factor into your grading at all, though, that two tackles selected after him, Tristan Wirfs has turned out to be an all-pro, mm. and then Mekhi Becton, who's been hurt, but when he has been healthy, has been a stalwart. But they Does that factor into the grading whatsoever? Didn't they not pick up his Jets didn't pick options? up his option, Mekhi yeah. Becton. He's been, he's been hurt. So I'm saying, like, it, it's... The, the, Tristan, it's been the Tristan Wirfs one hurt the most yeah. because... I think because because Jed was a right tackle and they put him at left tackle. Yeah, right? I mean, and Tristan Wirth was a, right. like a left tackle that I was a great place. Like I don't. Yeah, I to me I'm grading him based on him, and based on where he was drafted more than what yeah, other guys. Yeah, I was did, just asking right? if that factor. Yeah. Okay, let's move to the right, next guy. Second round pick. Yeah. Grant Delpit at number forty four. He's been a starter. Mm-hmm. You know what? Tyvis ripped him, but he has been a starter. You know, right. I, I give I give Delpit a B. I give him a B. You know, last year it started off rough, but at the end of the year, man, he was to me one of the best players in their secondary. I mean, the interceptions that he was getting, he found like he, he seemed like he finally understood the playbook. He understood his responsibilities. He was making hits. He was in the right spot. If he continues to play like that, that's a guy that they should extend. I think he's a guy that could be one of the focal points of that secondary. So I'm gonna give him a B. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with B minus. Um, I like. He he got better at the end of the year. He, he actually led the team in tackles, which I think that should be not a, a goal for the Cleveland Browns <laughs> yeah. to have someone in the secondary. This ain't high school. Like, he, like that means a better people, not be the case this year. That yeah. means people is in your secondary yeah. and a lot. But I, um, the only reason I wouldn't give him a B would, would be because there was too many communication issues in the back end. And I can't pinpoint who it was because it was looking so bad. The coverages, like between cover two and cover four and cover three and, and, and cover one, I, I don't know what they was in. And everybody was looking around at each other like this. But I will say, he has the traits to be a good safety. He has the skill set to be a good safety. Now I want to see if he has the mental makeup and how he's going to take it moving forward in this new defense. But yeah. I would say if you get a starter and he's been a starter multiple years, I can't give it a, a horrible grade. Right. Um, I give it a B minus. I'm actually with G Bush again, and I was kind of I'm like kind of right on the border between a B and a B minus. The only reason I went with the B minus over the B is because he hasn't played well enough long enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like I agree with what you guys said. He's trending in the right direction. Yes. He played his best football as a Brown the second half of last year. Mm-hmm. But before the second half of last year, he was a starter, yeah. but he hadn't done much. True. He was a starter because they had no other options. He was coming off of injuries. He was too. dealing yeah. with injury. So. And I think I like last year we probably if we did this, we probably would call him a D. Yes. You know, going into last year. Going into yeah. 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 
But mm-hmm. now, like, if you tell me he's going to be a B plus by the end of next year, well, you can win with that. I, yeah, I, I would I believe that. that. Yeah. So I think he's headed in the right direction. Well, I'm going B minus. So we're all on the, pretty much the same page. We're moving ahead. on to their first third round pick. Yeah. Defensive tackle Jordan Elliott out of Missouri. <laughs> all right. Why don't you start us off on this? <laughs> yeah. As the former defensive tackle. D for diploma. <laughs> um, yeah. He, and he ain't did nothing since since college. So. Yeah, I, I, he has the requisite size. He's bigger inside. You can even put him at nose or three technique. He looks like he should be better, but when you look at his tape, uh, his PFF scores are horrible. Um, <laughs> he graded out as one of the worst defensive tackles in the league. Uh, he graded out as one of the worst defensive tackles in terms of uh, uh, you know run blocking. Uh, he, he's another guy who never really shows that much emo- emotion. He had all the opportunity in the world last year to take that position with nobody around him. Now he's going to be a person that has to go against in, in the numbers game. You, Hill, Hurst, they just drafted uh, 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 Siaki Ika. They got Tomlinson in there as well. And they still got Togi and Perion Winfrey. Now you went from having an opportunity to show what you can do, given the position by Andrew Bear as a third round pick. Now you're a guy. We don't know if you're gonna make the roster. Yeah. Tyvis. He's not wrong. I'm giving him a D as well. I mean, I think last year he had it last year was the perfect opportunity him for him to make himself money and be a guy of the future. And when that thing went south and he just there was no because it was like it was the littlest things like if you could just get off that block. Yeah, finish. Yeah, get a TFL. Make them make the running back stop and switch yeah. direction. Something. DBs do it that was all the time. None Tybus. of that. Yeah. Ty- Tybus will, D- DBs will be like, you be on the sideline. Tybus types will come in. Get in there. Do something. Just get back Man. there. Like, like, you know what? At the end of the, if, you, if all else fails, just yeah. get back there. if all else fails, just fall down. Just create a pal. Something. And yeah. you didn't do none of that. So, therefore, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's deep, bad. Deep, All right, man. I got to say, these guys have been pretty harsh. I'm going to go with a different tact here. This guy gets an F. He sucks. He's an F for failure. A D. God. I mean, this guy, no, no offense intended, but he's a bum. The Browns have told you what they think of this guy. They have added about 82 defensive tackles this offseason. 70. Like, like. He, he has played what? Every game, I think. At least yes. That's maybe the old, maybe I got to give him like an F plus because he's played every game. Has he made? Can you remember any impact plays he's Nin- made? Nineteen tackles. That's like one tackle I mean, a game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, for a defensive tackle, but it's played, hard. But he played the whole game. It's he was hard. playing a lot. Like this guy makes no impact on the field. Y'all you talked about the PFF grade. He stinks. Y'all this guy was the 88th pick in the draft. Mm. You've got to factor it in. If he were a sixth-round pick, I'd call it a D. Because, like, all right, those are crapshoots. But he was the 80. If you're a top 100 pick and the only reason you play is because everybody else sucks at your position too, he, as you guys said, they opened up the door. It was his opportunity to step through, and he shit himself. That's exactly what He crapped down his pants. He stinks. That's an F. Yeah. All right, the last of the Browns' three day two picks. Oh, my goodness. Linebacker, (laughs) Jacob Phillips. Oh, F. (laughs) That's an F for failure right there. How many games did you talk about? What are you talking about? You was harsh on Jordan Elliott. the only thing we remember about this guy is roughing the punter against who was that? Uh, that was Tony Fields. That's oh, oh, excuse me. That wasn't him. Excuse me. Yeah. I take that back. 
No, you know, I'm not going to give Jacob Phillips no F. He is, uh, I, to be all fair, he, because he had promise, man, and he had a game. Remember, he somebody got hurt, and he came in and had an unbelievable game. It was game. against Cincinnati. It was against Cincy. Um, so, after, I would give yeah. him. After Anthony Walker got injured. I honestly would give him a. He get a C plus for me. A C plus. Wow. Yeah, C, he, he, C yeah, plus? I was just kidding on the F. He get a C plus can't because make the in the tub. he got <laughs> he got the potential and he's given us glimpses. He just doesn't have consistency behind it. And that's I mean, you would expect that out of a guy. That's a which round did he go? Third third? You would expect yeah. that out of a third guy. A developmental guy that, you know, he the reason he probably wasn't a first round pick is because he wasn't consistent. You know, he had he showed you that he got the ability to do it. He just doesn't do it week in and week out. So it's really to be expected from a guy like that. So a C plus. I'm gonna give him. Um, he's gonna get. He's gonna get a D plus from me. <laughs> God, y'all harsh. He gets the D plus. Y'all is harsh. The D plus is because uh, first of all, he does have some skill sets that you like. He's fast. Um, he's agile. But besides that, his read and react, getting off blocks, uh, diagnosing plays, um, coming downhill, uh, his coverage skills, all of those are lacking. Um, he, he gets blocked and takes terrible angles. He gets washed down, kicked out of the plays, I, and he's injury prone. He's been injured every single year he's played here. Let me, let me yeah. mention that. Even you know so, how many games he's played in three years? How many? Remember, the Browns, the Browns have played – 54 games the last three years, 17, 34. I'm sorry, 70 games the last three mm-hmm. years. My, no. my math seems way off. No way. 60, 50. Yes. <laughs> I finally got it. Four yeah, times. 50 games, 16, 17, 17. Yes. 50 games. How many of those 50 games has he played? 10. 22. J- Jacob Phillips? How 20. Many? No, 22. Well, you get 22. I'm guessing. <laughs> you said out of oh. out of 50 games, how yeah. many has 10, he played? 20. He's played 20. 20. Oh, well, so he's, he's 20. so he's missed 30 games. He's made missed 60% of the games. It, so it, what do you give it? D I'm plus. Giving, I'm giving him a D minus. Oh God. The only reason I don't give him an F is because he's he's had a few moments here and there. Yes. But 20 games for a linebacker, he's averaging less than four and a half tackles per game. He's made very little impact in the backfield. See, I man. think he has. I think he's had five tackles for a loss in his career, in twenty games. I mean, that's that's not. Yeah, that's, you know, I know he's a linebacker, not a D lineman, but yeah, yeah. A, a D minus. All right, we're on to the day three picks. We have yeah. three of these. Let's start with Harrison here, Bryant, the tight end out of Washington. He was a fourth round, round pick. pick, right? Fourth round pick, correct. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Bryant is okay. You know, he he's a guy that you know when Najoku's out, he can still keep the thing moving. I don't know how what's gonna happen this year. I mean, well, I guess they do keep three tight ends, so he might got a shot there. Uh, seven touchdowns. That's a that's a solid B minus to me. This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Uh, I'll go with C plus. God, why um, can't you just agree with me? Uh, <laughs> he, all, he always one underneath what I say. You sound like my ex-wife. How come you can't? <laughs> you, but you just don't want to agree with me. No, we're not doing that. No, C C plus. Uh, he's a backup. Um, I, I for him to win the Mackey Award, the best tight end in the game. Yeah. He he's another one that looks like he's running in quicksand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean. He catches the ball when thrown to him. He's a decent blocker. He's just he's just medium sauce. He's medium sauce at uh, BW3s. Yeah. There's nothing crazy or terrible. Yeah. It's just it is what it is. I, I'll, I'll go with Tyvis on this one. I'll go B minus. Thank you. Because he was a fourth <laughs> round pick. Okay. Right. If he if he were any higher, I'd go with you on the C plus. But as a fourth round pick, you're looking for a guy who can <laughs> contribute. That's what I'm thinking. Right. And he contributes. Yeah. In term, listen, he's not a starter. He'd be a lower tier starter. But as a number two tight end, I don't think you're going to get a, a much better number two tight end. You talked about it. He's got good hands. He's reliable in small doses. Yeah, it doesn't He's drop a nice the ball. player. I thought, t- if, I, I thought two years ago he was really trending up. I did too. This year he wasn't as good. Yeah. He's going to, you know, there's some inconsistencies. But as the offense gets better, he'll be a guy who'll, be, who'll come in there sometimes as the fourth or fifth option, and he'll get some chances, and I think he'll make the plays when given the opportunity. And he always seems to get a touchdown against Cincinnati. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's just so he's a not. That's just, a that's a solid pick. That's a that's a solid fourth round pick. All right, Mike. Two more to get to. Yeah. Let's go to their fifth round pick that year. Yeah. Nick Harris, interior offensive lineman from Missouri. What? He might be the hardest one to he's grade. Tough in this to whole class. Yeah. He did, he got hurt last year. He was supposed to be the guy. He's he gonna got be the hurt. center, and now he's a backup. I mean, mm. they made him the starter for a reason, so it's something there. I feel like I got to give him an incomplete. It is kind of, it is hard to say because you don't, we don't know. I, I don't thought, know. Like, I don't know. I thought he had some potential, but he's barely, like, how much has he even played? And they resigned. He's played he, 23 games. They resigned Ethan Postick, right? Yeah, Pochich so is back. he really hasn't played. So the, who who's the starting center right now? Pochich. Pochich. It's so, not even close. It's it says he's and played. then they drafted Luke Whippler too. Right. I I, I got to oh, give it. Yeah, I, I can't grade. No grade. It feels like they've kind of yeah, given up yeah, on him. No grade. <laughs> but I got to give it incomplete because he hasn't played. And the twenty games is misleading because probably a lot of those he played like one or two plays. Yeah. Or he was up playing special teams or whatever. I think two they, starts. I, yeah, he's I, barely played. I think they came to the conclusion if you look at the way he was injured by <laughs> play. Yeah. Um. It was a straight bull rush. They think he's and, done, and and he like he got, he got bullied. He got that that leg folded up. Mm-hmm. That's the lawn chair type thing. Like, and plus during that off season, if you watch Building the Browns, he had he stayed all off season to put on a bunch of weight. Yeah. Because he is technically a guy that is not that big. Like yeah. he has to really work to put on that weight. I think they may say like, look, hey, he's always had to get stronger. We don't know how that leg is going to come back. I, I would say I will get, if I had to stick to it and say give it a grade, I would give it a B minus because they did execute what they wanted to. Uh, JC Treader, they moved him out. They groomed this guy. Yeah. They got him all the way to the first your preseason game and he gets injured. So the plan worked. They 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 did had have a succession plan. Yeah. But I, I, I don't uh, know. Yeah. What it if I had to give a grade, I'd give a C just because you're right. The plan worked. He showed some potential in those two starts, but he hasn't played enough, yeah. and they seem to be moving on from him, so yeah. it's hard to give him better than that. Finally, Donovan Peoples. DPJ show. in the sixth round, the best value of this draft for yeah. sure. How would you grade that? I, I give it an A, guys. That's an A. 
I mean, a, 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 I would give it an A plus. Wow. And the reason I'll give it an A plus is because he's a six round pick. You don't expect that from he, a six and, round and, guy. and I'll give it an extra A plus because he's shown some return skills. Yeah. yeah, like he's helped them in special teams. And if you get a guy that's looking like he's going to be a number two receiver in this league. Oh, I think he's going to be a three for the Browns. And the, the sad thing, but in the in, in the mix in the conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sick thing about it all is as great as that is. Yeah, he might not get paid by the Browns. Oh, no, 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 no. It's I great, wouldn't pay him. If I as Browns. great as that is. I, yeah. I, I, I would if you ask me today, is he trending on getting paid? I would say no, no, no. No, but no, no. It, 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 listen, he was a six-round pick. So if you're a starter as a six-round pick and, a, and and not a starter because I guess you could argue they had no better options. But like he's a he's a, a decent number two receiver and he's a good number three receiver. And he was a sixth-round pick. So and the, the special teams he's get gotten better every year. Doesn't I think he keeps improving. I think because of a lot, and maybe they will sign him because they're not going to resign Amari Cooper. I wouldn't think no, after this year. Well, some one of them not going to be. Yeah, there. right. They and got, Amari Cooper's older. And if and if Tillman has a season and Elijah Moore have a season, that's your one and two right, right exactly. there. So, so we don't need. And we got him under contract for to the next. But two he's or three a player. Years, so we don't need like he's one. a starting caliber player that you got in the sixth round. To me, that's an A. And that's I, a good pick. And, and, and if David Bell is even comes up and be actually pretty good. Now you got three guys on the contract. And, and, and like I was sitting there, I, we said it, I said it yesterday on the show. We still haven't found out who Deshaun Watson even likes. Right. Usually when you got an elite quarterback, they usually take hold to a couple people and they say, oh, I like this dude on this route. Yeah. Or like, Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah. And they trust him. Like, so there may be, we don't know. Cedric Tillman may come in and they say, yeah. man, Deshaun Watson is finding Tillman all over the place, or he might be Deshaun Watson, yeah. or, or excuse me, uh, DPJ. We don't know, but he has an opportunity. I got to give it an A plus because yeah. that's very rare. All right, guys. So let's wrap this up with the overall grade, right? So, you know, we, we gave some B's <laughs> early. C minus. Wow, you you gave higher grades. I thought you'd have a C C plus for C. your overall. It's a lot of busts in there in, in key positions. The third round picks were bad. <laughs> exactly. And the first round one is the coin. First round's it. mediocre. <laughs> yeah. the, that right there drive, drives the whole thing. You missed with the first. Your first pick is down yeah, here. Yeah. Like, that's a come on now. I'd give it a man. It's kind of tough. I would probably I, I don't you don't see very many B's solid B's on there. I would I would overall give it a, a C C to C minus C. I'm giving it a C. I think we're all around. <laughs> yeah. I think overall it's an okay. I'll, I'll do I'll do C yeah. because I gave him an A plus and Donovan Peoples Jones is a starter. And I say how many starters did you get? Yeah, Phillips possibly could start if, this year if, and Delpit is a starter too. if Delpit can if Delpit and, and especially Jedrick can take their game up another level. There'd be a B. Then it then it's yeah. then it becomes a pretty solid draft solid overall. Solid. We'll see. All right, Bull, take it back, you handsome bastard. Thank you, buddy. And yes, once again, you are looking great today. Like that that, uh, that gray shirt that is exactly the same as this shirt, but a different color, but looks kind of a little greenish. Brings out your eyes, my friend. We'll see you later. How many of those do you have in your closet? Uh, it's what, the rainbow. That fit me or period? Uh, both. Because I have like a, four or five shirts like this in... A variety of different sizes. <laughs> right. So, a like, half of them are in the back of the closet <laughs> that I just don't even look at because they're 
I can't fit in them right now. I have pants like that. That's yeah. like when I lose weight. Those yeah. are my, those oh, are my, those are my go-to pants. And my 44s. Here's my 42s. My jean Here's my 38s when I got real thin that one hey, time. My jean game is so mean in oh, 38, man. 40s. Like, we got to get to I get them back. You're dead. Yeah, Everybody's right. dead. I got some 32s one of these days. Wow. I'll get back in. Yeah. And so, a flash in the past brought yeah. us past 12. And, you know, when it's 12 o'clock, it is the lunch of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show sponsored by Caller Gracing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. We gave our draft grades. Jason, looking back in that 2020 draft before we talked Guardians, how would you grade AB's overall haul? I think you guys draft? were harsh. Really? What yeah, was I would, I would have said B. Like, Tyvis gave him a C minus. What was funny is that Tyvis, I think, as we were going individually, he gave higher grades than G and I, mm-hmm. individual guys, and then he gave him a lower overall grade. It was weird. I mean, Jordan Elliott is a bad pick. Yeah. Um, so is uh, the linebacker, the, yeah, Jacob. That, that's a rough. Yeah. But okay, so let's start at the top with uh, uh, with Jed. Jed. The player. So we going. Let's remember going into yeah. that draft. It was tackle, 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 tackle. They have to take a tackle. They have to take a tackle. These yeah. are the guys to pick from. The guy picked directly after him, Akai Becton, didn't have his fifth-year option picked up. That's and correct. the guy picked after him, Tristan Wirfs, has been a good player, but he's playing right tackle, and they've got Jed on the left side. I am by no means a, a major fan of Jed Wills, but I think he's average. Like I said on the show well, the other day. We gave him an average grade. But, but what else did you want them to do there? You know, like you have to be realistic about well, what, what they had I to pick from. Give? I mean, he's an average player right. as the 10th but it's overall not, pick. But it's not a total bust. He's not a total bust. Well, we didn't give him an F. I gave it a C. I, I think it's a B. Because you because you get you found a starting receiver in the sixth round in Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh no no no! That oh. brings it up. I'm, I'm so, saying I gave oh, Jed specifically. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah C. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I think they did the best with what they had to work with at that spot. With well, Jed. you didn't have. If you didn't think he was that good, then you shouldn't have taken him. Whether you needed a tackle well, or not. Who's, well, or, who's your tackle going to be? Or you, like, or you could have made the right choice and say I get. He could have picked Tristan Wirfs, who's been a uh, All Pro. But we, well, Tristan hasn't even moved to the left side yet. Like they still haven't moved Tristan to the left side. I think that could happen this year. They keep, but even, but he's playing at an all pro level at right tackle. And maybe Jed would be that at right tackle as well. We don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying for what they had to work with for where they were picking, they had to take a tackle. There are teams that have to take a quarterback in the draft. Yeah. There's three or four to pick from which one are you going to take. They could have done worse. They could have I taken. I just don't buy that you ever have to take a tackle. I don't buy that. Well, there's I, other ways to do it. I don't know. At left tackle, I think that's right there in line with quarterback in terms of yeah, when but you, you can have make a, need a trade easier for a for tackle a left tackle. I mean, Trent Williams got traded. Why didn't the Browns get involved in that trade? Because yeah. they had Jed Wills at the time, do they not? I think. Well, I don't remember now the time. I don't remember the timeline like, on I mean, that either. But very. I mean, yeah. you know, left it's tackle. All, I'm, yes, left it's not tackle easy is only to get become, a left tackle. Right, and and that was the situation where I went into that thinking, okay, they're picking tenth. At no other point, if things go well, they should not be this high again to be in position to take one of these guys. Here's this cluster of tackles to choose right. from. I, I think they could have come out of that a lot worse than what they did. But right. in, in the overall grade of the yeah. of the draft, I think it's a B. You know, the fact that, like I said, you got a six, you got a starting receiver out of the sixth round. Uh, that's a hit for me. Grant Delpit, uh, he's, he's so frustrating to me. I I think Grant Delpit's a guy. If you and I don't I don't want it. I don't mean this to sound as harsh as it might come out. Just put him in a position to go make plays. When he starts overthinking things, is when I think. He gets into trouble. Yeah. See ball, get ball, go get ball. Put him in a position where he can show off his athleticism, where he doesn't have to think too much, and I think he'll be fine. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's a solid B, B minus maybe, mm. but I wouldn't go any lower. What than did that. we end up giving it? What did I give it? 
a C. He gave a C plus. I gave it a Tyvis C plus. gave a C, and I think G was a B minus. So right in that low B, high C range. Yeah, I solid. Mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, uh, Jason's giving them an excuse. I'm not for giving excuse. Jedrick Will's not, you know, like what choice did they Jed, have? I, I, Jed is mediocre. Yeah. He's average. I think he's yeah. very average. And and but you, you know expect what? better than average with the tenth pick. Absolutely, but yeah. you could have a guy at the eleventh pick who's not even getting his fifth-year option picked up. Right, but I don't know that he's any worse than that. That was just a team decision, but I don't know that he's really any worse. And than some Jedrick of that's Wills. luck. Like, yeah. he can't, Becton can't stay healthy. He's right. had a ton of injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when maybe he's played, he's been good. Becton just been hurt. Well, that worries me. I don't know what their plan is, but like Draymond Jones was a disappointment in college. Yeah. I know, you know, but and he's so big. I don't know. Is he going to stay healthy? We'll see. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.